boys are back. Season two of the Gym Class Zeros podcast is back on your airwaves. Uh, we originally planned on like a month off and it ended up being like six months off. We ended up in Cabo. Coach got lost. He was abducted. We needed to pay the ransom. Uh, so uh, enough to say that we had to take pretty much an advance on our uh, podcast fund for the next six years to get Coach out of a uh, cave in Cabo. But he's here. Said he's here. Producer Seggs is here. And we're just missing Mr. Bland. Bland's Brew of the Week is unfortunately not coming back for today. Not for se- for episode one of season two, but it will be back for se- for episode two. So uh, hang in there because Mr. Bland's not going anywhere. Let's quickly wrap up. You probably forgot all our voices. Coach, what's going on? What's going on, guys? Uh, I can't confirm I was stuck in a cave. Um, but I'm happy to be back. New season of the podcast, to be honest. I never thought I'd be back here, but here we are. And uh, yeah, looking forward to sharing my uh, my less than stellar opinions with you guys and talking the same nonsense we used to talk last season. So let's get down to business here. Seti, 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 Seti with the Movember stash looking like, I don't know what he looks like. I'd rather not tell, but what's going on? Good to have you back. Yeah, I, I like to think I, I kind of look like a, a young Tom Selleck, maybe with a little less hair, but that's kind of the look I'm going for here. Uh, yeah, it's great to be back. You know, uh, we had a little bit of a longer off season, uh, but it's great to have the, all the sport, major sports back and up and running. And it's been a very entertaining last couple of months and a lot to catch up on. So looking forward to a new season. Seti, what are you sipping, buddy? What's going? What's what's on tap tonight? Well, since we didn't have a, a recommendation from from the brewmaster himself, I kind of had to go digging in my own in my own fridge here. So recently uh, came back from a trip to to BC and uh, picked up some some beers there and i'm drinking the favorite one i had uh throughout my whole trip which was granville islands lines winter ale uh just very very uh flavorful kind of like an amber but i would say uh it's got a lot more it's got some sweet notes so it's got some like caramel vanilla notes uh definitely one of my favorite beers definitely my favorite beer from the trip and uh probably one of my favorite beers that i've ever had just got an idea just Explode in my brain. Rather than having us try a different local craft beer, I think we should start sending Brewmaster Kyle all over the country in search of new beers every week. Never know, maybe that's where he is right now. That'll remain a mystery. Uh, so we kind of alluded to Brewmaster Kyle. He'll be back again next week, and we're going to be doing a lot more of Bland's Brew of the Week. Don't worry, that's not going anywhere. We're going to be looking at a few different options for season two. We're switching it up a little bit. There's some segments that are going to be disappearing. There's some things that we're keeping, and of course, there's going to be some new stuff that we're beginning. We're going to be adding on. Uh, one thing that we want to focus on as well is we want to bring you a lot more special guests uh, and do a lot more interview style stuff uh, with some guests. Uh, learn about different avenues and different people from across the sporting world, uh, but also have a little bit of fun with that and, and not kind of give you your typical uh, interviews and have a little bit more fun and have more of a loose format when it comes to those interviews. So you can look for a lot of new stuff coming into season two. We're really excited. Uh, we've had a lot of time to think about it, that's for sure. Uh, and so we're really looking forward to it. So hope you guys stick around for the rest of the season. It's going to be great. As always, you can uh, follow us on on social media. We're going to throw this right off the bat. Uh, Twitter, 
at Jim Class Zero's pod with a zero. And then on Instagram, that's where we're the, the most active on is uh, at Jim Class Zero's pod. Uh, we're going to also make a, a bit more of a concerted effort this month. We've actually hired a social media consultant uh, to make sure that we're a lot more active on social media, be it Twitter or Instagram. So uh, look for a lot more stuff uh, from us on our social media, a lot more engagement. Uh, we say it's a consultant. He's really an unpaid intern. Uh, and so a lot more active on that. I mean, like we only have like 15 followers on Twitter. So if he can get us up to about, oh, I don't know, 35, 40, that's a W in our books. You know what I mean, boys? If we can double our followers this season, I mean, I'll be, I'll be very impressed. I'll be very happy. So hopefully this unpaid intern can, uh, you know, get it done. And then who knows, maybe we'll put him on the, uh, on the payroll. We'll see. We shall see. We'll set him up with Jim Class Zero's podcast, uh, Brandon Golf Balls, for the next golf season. Already can't wait. Speaking of golf balls, we want to quickly give a shout-out to our friends at Birdberry. Uh, they're coming back for another season as far as our special little uh, sponsors. Uh, as always, you can check them out at birdberry.com, or excuse me, birdberrygolf.com. Use promo code GCZ20 at checkout for 20% off your order. They make some really great stuff from hats to polos. I know the boys are all outfitted. So anytime you see the Gym Class Zeros uh, out on the golf course, you can absolutely bet they're wearing Birdberry Golf. Uh, so make sure you guys check them out. Again, GCZ20, use that promo code for 20% off your order. All right, jumping to our first segment that's returning this year, exciting, uh, is this Wednesday in Sports History. We heard from you guys on our Instagram. Everybody loved this segment, uh, and so, of course, we had to bring it back. And this week, Seti's going to do the honors. He's going to start us off with our first This Wednesday in Sports History. Absolutely. All right, thanks, George. Uh, so, we're obviously, we're taking it back uh, to November 10th. Uh, today, we're going back all the way to 1963 where uh, Gordie Howe surpa- uh, surpa- surpassed Maurice Richard, the Rocket, as the leading NHL all-time goal, goal scorer with 545 goals, uh, and then ended up his uh, ended up with uh, a total of 801 goals. So uh, big moment in history here. Uh, you know, obviously Gordie Howe, a legend in the sport, and it kind of. Interesting to tie back to more modern times. On Monday night, we saw Ovechkin tie Brett Hall for fourth all-time on the list with 741 goals, and it's now only 60 goals away from uh, from tying Howe's record that would then put him second all-time. So uh, a little bit of new and a little bit of history there for you guys. Is 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 anyone else bothered that, that he scored 801 goals? Like, did he really probably have to score that empty netter? I would have been just. I would have been very satisfied if he ended his career at 800 flat goals. Now, I, you know, uh, I I always have this obsession with things ending in either with a five or a zero. So it kind of bothers me that he scored 801 goals. But I mean, one of the best players to ever play, and you know, and I'm happy to see that Ovechkin's going to break that record. Uh, probably not this year, but beginning of next year, and. Uh, I've said it in the past, and and I'll say it again. Uh, I think Ovechkin will break the all-time goals record. He's also my favorite player, so I'm definitely biased. But great little fact there, Mr. Seti. Thank you. And another in kind of uh, crazy thought is that at that time, the all-time leading scorer had 400 or 545 goals. If you look at it now, basically double that with Wayne Gretzky having scored a total of 894. So you know. 
even though we we think back at the sport back then where it was a lot easier to score goals you're seeing a lot of modern players uh jump up the the leaderboards here even though it's a lot tougher to score these days on that point do you guys think that it should mean more for a guy like Ovechkin that played throughout the 2000s to kind of come even close to that kind of number knowing that the game's changed so much since then uh, goalies are wearing bigger pads they're obviously a lot better uh, it's a faster game uh, defensemen are stronger it's just a lot harder to score goals in today's game and so to put up those kind of numbers like they did like how like like Gordy Howe did back in the 60s is pretty incredible and and do you think that this should be treated differently like do you think that Ovechkin let's say they tie does it mean that Ovechkin deserves to be recognized more because of the different era that they played in or does the different game mean different challenges uh I'm, i mean i'm not sure the exact stat here but i'm just kind of gonna assume uh just basing off the fact with like modern medicine and stuff i think one thing we can kind of attribute that to is the fact that we're seeing players having a lot longer careers you know uh obviously gordy howe is kind of an exception to that but i think just the longevity of of players' careers and how uh, longer they can stay in their peak because of, you know, their training and they're obviously a lot in better shape. So I think that definitely has an impact into why uh, we're seeing these players put up so many goals, even though it's a lot harder to score on a regular basis. But yeah, I think uh, it's definitely more impressive to see what these modern players uh, have been able to do, like Ovechkin, uh, you know, how many years in a row has has he put in been basically leading the, the league in goals i think uh yeah, it's quite impressive and we should definitely we'll be definitely looking back at that uh, once he retires at how impressive that was you watch him on the power play and i'm talking about ovechkin here and it's still a, an absolute mystery as to how how's he how he gets lost at the top of that circle in a spot there and people just forget to pick him up and he's put put in so many goals from that same spot he's deadly from there and he's been doing it for years and it's uh no matter how much attention he gets from opposing teams and you put your best guys on him, he still finds a way to get open. He still finds a way to to, to score these goals. And he's been doing it for, for literally over a decade. And it's pretty impressive. I, I think we look at advanced stats, we look at analytics, we look at video right now. These guys are, are the opposing teams are tooled with so much knowledge uh, and they're so well prepared, yet he could still get the best out of them. Yeah, I mean, as as you mentioned earlier, George, Equipment's getting larger. Just people in general are just overall just taller, bigger, stronger than they were 40, 50 years ago. Now that could be attributed to the food, to the water. to I don't know what the fuck, you know, the, these people have now that they didn't have 40, 50 years ago. But to to be able to score at a consistent rate like Ovechkin has, you you've never seen that and you may never see that again. I mean, you see now, uh, you look at a guy like Austin Matthews who year and year, uh, year after year has, has been able to score, you know, over 30 goals a season. He's won the Rocket Richard Trophy. He He's probably the closest thing to what they have now uh, in regards to pure goal scoring. But, but to do what Ovechkin's done, I don't think will ever be touched again. Now, you look at the record, you look at Wayne Gretzky and, 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 I want to get you guys' kind of idea, like your opinion on this. Wayne Gretzky's broken every record, okay? And should we, you know, take his name off all these records? Because we know it'll never get touched again. 
He's in a he's he's in a league of his own. He's in a class of his own. Arguably the best player who's ever played. When we look at these stats, should we ignore Wayne Gretzky's stats and just say, you know, um, who's the best goal scorer of all time? Well, we know it's Wayne Gretzky, but who's who's really the number two slash the number one? And and, and I've been thinking about this, and and I've spoken to a few people about it, and. Few people agree with me. Few people think I'm crazy, and I don't think we've ever had the chance to speak about this. And now that we started talking about hockey and scoring goals, I, I want to know how, how, like, how do you guys feel about that? I think it's still, it's just we should still look at Gretzky because I think I use the rest of all the other sports, for the you know the major sports in North America as kind of those that measuring stick, and even like baseball I think is the biggest example of that where for a long time baseball went through the steroid era. Uh, and we saw inflated numbers during that period from guys like a rod from guys like Derek uh, Roger Clemens guys like um, Barry Bonds, of course. And so, so these are, those kind of numbers were inflated. Now, some of these guys got caught, some of these guys never got caught. And so they're, they're still going to be in the record books as, you know, the league leaders and, and, uh, leaders of baseball as a whole when it comes to stats. And so we still don't put that asterisk on those have been caught, of course, but I mean, even though they played in different eras. And so technically you got pitchers that got slapped around in the Barry Bonds era because they're playing against a bunch of guys that were juiced and on roids. And so we still kind of look at those numbers and we, we call it all even. And, and I think hockey should be doing the same, even though Gretzky played in a different era and he was really in a league of his own. Um, we, we can't, forget and we can't lose sight of what he did and having him at the top of these records is important not only for the game but to respect kind of the accomplishment uh that that he did and and to really respect the greatness that he really was and by kind of almost like hiding him from the record books is is doing a disservice to all the greatness that that he really provided for everybody that watched him and had the pleasure of watching him back in the day yeah i agree i totally agree with what george just said he kind of took the words right right out of my mouth it it really does serve as a you know a measuring stick to see uh, at what level he was putting up points uh, throughout his career, and you know, he, like you said, Ovechkin might end up beating his record. So I think that's a valuable uh, a valuable point to make. But I think you know records are are there. I know they're meant to be. They always say records are meant to be broken. Some aren't. You know, his goals his goal total might end up being broken. Obviously, total points is his total points over his career is outrageous. I think that's a, a safe one to bet that that'll never be be touched. But it's a piece of history, and even though it, it'll never be broken, it's it's a nice reminder to see. Uh, you know, we're still at a generation where we can look back and kind of sort of remember what it was like to have him in the league, even though we were extremely young. But you know, for the next generation, the, even the generation after that, if we're taking away him away from you know those those records and those uh you know those scoring tables uh it might we might end up losing kind of that that history and just forgetting how really great he was so i think uh, we we should definitely be keeping all his records there you know and you guys made good points there i i guess what i was saying was pretty stupid but anyways a record that may never be broken again where it was uh the, in the annual Jim Class Zero's hot dog eating contest, I don't think any of you will hit 11. Maybe Kyle, actually. He, he came kind of close, but I'm, I'm going to assume that uh, I don't know what happened that day and he just 
kind of just went on a tear and ate 10 hot dogs. But in the end, I ate 11, and uh, that's the record, and I don't think it'll be Rogan. I may never even break that on record again myself. So. But I'm only getting older. So I was on, I was definitely eating with my eyes that day, not with my stomach. And, uh, yeah, let's just say I didn't feel too good after that. But the things you do to I'm, win, you know I'm what I mean? I'm not coming close. I'm not coming close to that ever again. You know, it's, My number's only going lower. It's dedication, the things you do to be a champion, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, enough uh, enough talking about breaking records because now I'm getting hungry. So let's move on here. We got to move on here. Coach's got to get All to right. the bar. <laughs> Sends Bruins tonight. I'm not missing that. Let's go. <laughs> Shout out to the Senate Tapper and all you can eat wings. So I think the biggest news, and we kind of look at the, the highlights of the, the last little bit, and obviously we haven't been around all summer to, to talk about the biggest news, but I think the one that's the biggest in the last like two weeks is very much the Aaron Rodgers situation, what I'd call a fiasco. Uh, just an absolute gong show and a guy that I think was was already very polarizing. I think you got the people that are like, I love Aaron Rodgers, and then you got the people that like hated him. And there's no real in-between when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. There's nobody that's kind of like, yeah, I'll take him or leave him. I'm cool with him. He's all right. He's a good quarterback, and I just don't cheer for his team. Uh, And I think that's only been amplified now with the latest COVID-19 situation. He tested positive for COVID-19 just last week. And until then, when at the the beginning of the season, he basically went up in front of the media, said, I'm immunized. And he kind of left it at that. And of course, as everybody does, when somebody says they're immunized, you take that as they're vaccinated. Uh, Until he tested positive last week, and then the league announced that he's going to have to sit out uh, 10 days because he's not vaccinated, which made everybody kind of stop and go, what the hell? He's not vaccinated. I thought he said he was immunized. And then that's when you found out that when he bent by immunized is that he did some kind of wonky bullshit and he did some, some, he took some salts or something. I don't know. He did some smelling salts and, and now he thinks he's, he's free from COVID-19. Uh, and it's, it's quite misleading. It's quite uh, dangerous because until then, he was basically using a lot of the flexibilities that the NFL afforded to him as a quote-unquote vaccinated player. So, for example, not wearing a mask when talking to the media, doing things like that. Uh, And so he basically misled people into thinking he was vaccinated. Uh, But then the weird part comes in because the NFL technically knew he wasn't vaccinated. And so there's a lot of weirdness going on with the NFL, with Aaron Rodgers, and he's getting just shit kicked in the media, in the court of public opinion, and people are pissed because uh, just a scumbag move to mislead people uh, and spread. Now, since then, since being caught, he's basically come on the Pat McAfee show, different 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 areas and press conferences, and he's just spreading the, the misinformation uh, and making things worse for himself. And so it's kind of all blown up now, and uh, he's not making any new fans anytime soon. So kind of want to get your perspective here, guys. Do you... First of all, where do you stand on Aaron Rodgers, and how has that been affected in the last week or so? Uh, I was never a big fan of him, uh, of his to begin with. You know, he always did have that kind of uh, air of arrogance around him, and always did seem like he thought he was uh, better than everyone else. Uh, we kind of saw that when the Packers drafted uh, Love as his quote-unquote replacement for the future, and then just decided he didn't want to show up to camp anymore because of that, uh, just because he was unhappy with that. But this, yeah, this is just like a nail in the coffin uh, for myself and in, in my view of him. And it just seems to me like he's just digging himself a deeper and deeper grave. 
you know, you, you mentioned his appearance on the Pat McAfee show and he th- basically threw every excuse, every reason, if you want to call it a reason, uh, to the wall and just to see what hoping that's one of those excuses would stick. And each of them, each and every one of them were, were more outrageous than the other, you know, uh, it's just, it's unbelievable. Like at what length are you going to try to defend yourself? Uh, you know, I think he could have avoided this by being upfront right away. And I don't think people are outraged by the fact that he wasn't vaccinated and like you said, it was all about misleading uh, not only like the media, especially, but uh, for a certain to a certain extent, the fans, his teammates, uh, the organization, the league, and uh, and he's always one thing that really stuck out to me on through the on from the Pat McAfee interview was that he his biggest, I guess gripe with the nfl was the whole their whole covid uh, policies and he was saying that they were draconian like being outrageous and unnecessary and that he didn't believe that he needed to wear a mask because everyone else was vaccinated and so he they shouldn't be afraid of him spreading the the vax uh the you know covid to them and then one thing he kept repeating that uh just blew my mind was saying that you know i followed every protocol that the nfl has minus one which was the masking the mask wearing protocol which is basically the most important one and then he was following up saying that oh to a certain extent unvaccinated players are safer than the vaccinated players because they're uh, tested every day and they're forced to wear masks well you're not being safe because you weren't wearing a mask and that's one of the biggest beefs everyone has is that you know you were walking around the facilities you were doing your post-game conferences maskless. And, you know, the the reporters had no idea that you were unvaccinated. And a lot of them were have come out saying that had they known he was unvaccinated and not wearing a mask, they, would have been, they wouldn't have been in the room with him. So I think this whole thing is just a complete shit show. Uh, I think he's digging himself a huge grave and lost the respect of many. And... I don't, I don't see himself getting out of this. Uh, I think that's going to taint his reputation for uh, for the long run. Listen, you guys already said it. Two words that I would use to describe Aaron Rodgers. As a person, based on the things you were hearing, based on the things you were seeing in the media and social media and whatnot, arrogant and scumbag, Those are you, you guys nailed it. I mean, those are the two perfect words to describe Aaron Rodgers. Arrogant because, you guys remember we talked in the past... In season one, he held out. He didn't want to come back to Green Bay unless they fired the GM, unless they fired the coach, unless they cleaned house. Aaron Rodgers didn't want to be there. You can't call yourself a team player and a leader if you sit and bitch about those things. You can't say you're a franchise guy if you're not standing up there and you're and and your your role is to you know be the guy. When people think of the Green Bay Packers, they think of Aaron Rodgers. So if that guy is not about it, if he's not in it to win it, if he if he's letting his personal issues get in the way of the team's overall, you know, s- success, get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. And then he comes back, he signs, he goes, "I'll sign a contract, but I have a clause that I'm able to walk away and go anywhere I want and and not have to, 
you know, not have to stay the entirety of uh, of the contract I signed. And then he and then he comes out and he goes, "Well, I won't play unless you trade for a wide receiver for Randall Cobb, who, as you remember, played for the Packers, left, went to Dallas." And he goes, "If you don't bring back Randall Cobb, I'm not playing." So what do they do to please Aaron Rodgers? They go out and they get Randall Cobb back. So I thought, okay, like maybe that'll fix some wounds, you know, reunite some old teammates. What does it do? Not too much, to be honest. Then you come out and you hear about this COVID shit. He doesn't, he's immunized, but he's not vaccinated. I mean, what a loophole. Like to confuse everybody, to put everybody at risk like that. And listen, I'm not a doctor. I'm not who the World Health Organization. I'm not health fucking Canada. I'm not the CDC. I believe in science when it comes to these things. And if they say that the vaccine works and, you know, all of us here have the vaccines and, and, and I feel, I feel safer with it. We're able to interact in person. So for Aaron Rodgers to tell people I'm immunized, it's really shady. It's really shady. And then he goes on these shows and he's spewing a bunch of shit. And as you said, said he just making up excuses, just coming up with anything to make himself sound like the victim. Like, man, you're a fucking idiot. You're an idiot. Now he's going to miss, he's he's forced to miss 10 days. He missed a game. He might miss this weekend's game too, depending on what's going on. So your ego and your arrogance is, is hurting your own team. And that's embarrassing. Yeah. So just one thing you said, like that you believe in science. Another point that he was making that makes no sense was that he was saying that all of these protocols that are being put in place that, you know, the NFL aren't the only entity or organization to have these types of protocols. It's basically protocols that are held by many governments even, uh, saying that they're not based on science, that they're based on trying to shame unvaccinated people. That's just a bunch of bullshit. Like you said, just excuse after excuse. And, uh, it kind of so like one question that I have is having gone through this with him and you know the other incident that you that coach you mentioned if you're an organization would it be worth having him on your roster because there's no denying he's like one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time do you think it's worth going through all of this bullshit that you know he's going to cause you and your organization uh, is it worth having him on your roster knowing that you're going to win games? Or do you think that this is going to decrease the stock and that uh, peop- certain teams aren't going to see the value in having him on the roster because it's not worth going through all this extra bullshit with him? You see, uh, and and we'll get George to uh, we'll get George to say something after because I, I think I know where he's going. But I'm going to say yes because at the end of the day, the NFL is a business. At the end of the day, you know, your objective is to make money. And if you have the best product available on the field or in ba- on the diamond or on the ice, but for NFL, if you've got arguably one of the best quarterbacks in the league on your roster available every week, you're playing that guy. People go to Lambeau Field. People watch the Packers to see what what Aaron Rodgers will do. And yes, it looks bad now, but like other incidents in the past, and and not with the Packers, just in general, eventually it gets swept under the rug and you even forget it ever happened. Once the pandemic is is over and once you go back to quote-unquote normal life, you know what? This won't mean anything. But 
right now, the medias are making a big thing about it because this is still a reality that we're in. We're still in a pandemic. We're still having to deal with these things and, and deal with people that don't want to get the vaccine and people are allowed to do what they want. But at the end of the day, if you're the NFL and if you're the Green Bay Packers, your objective is to make money every Sunday. And if you have the best player available, you play him. And that's what brings people in, like I said. So, George, I could I, I could see on the look on your face here, you, you're kind of up in the air. I I, I want to hear, you know, what's 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 George's thoughts on Aaron Rodgers? I think when there was talks that he may was was maybe not going back to the Packers in the off season, my first thought was Niners got to get this guy, and so that's where I stand on that. I think I think I still believe that. He's going to make your team progressively better. And we look at the kind of second best options. And I almost I almost compare this to the kicker position as well. If you've got a dominant kicker in the league, you those are that's a that's a really valuable entity. And and not everybody has a, a solid kicker. And so you're probably not going to give, live with as much bullshit coming from a kicker. You'll probably cut him a lot quicker than a guy like Aaron Rodgers. But I think at the end of the day. There's not a lot. There's not 32 quarterbacks in the NFL that can jump in behind Aaron Rodgers and make you a serious contender. And as much as you hate to see it, as much as you want to dissuade this kind of behavior, the fact is he's your best chance at winning. And you're going to take that over making a political statement uh, with the exception of, for some reason, the NFL's boycott of Colin Kaepernick. And that's a whole different conversation. Uh, I don't think that's the same thing because Colin Kaepernick, towards the time that he became a quote-unquote distraction for guys in the room, which I I don't necessarily agree with that, but let's say they they see it as a distraction, uh, he didn't bring as much of an on-field presence as Aaron Rodgers would. So if we were to both look at them as kind of for different reasons, some you may agree with, some you may not, they're two different players and, and you look at them and you treat them differently because of what they can bring on the field, regardless of what the message you're providing off the field is. And, and, and so that's where I kind of stand on Aaron Rodgers. I think my biggest beef here and Joe Rogan's kind of falls into the same, same boat is, is when you have a platform like this as a professional athlete, as a comedian and somebody out in the media with a successful podcast like us, um, you you got to be careful as to what the message you're 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 portraying and and what you're putting out out there you are more than welcome to have your own opinion about things to have your own beliefs uh to make your own choices when it comes to your health but the minute you start spewing misinformation and making shit up and and spreading that out onto your platform it becomes dangerous and i I have a real problem with that so a guy like aaron Rodgers, who people listen to a guy like joe rogan who people listen to to go out there and and just make shit up it's it's not only irresponsible but it's dangerous and it's it's wrong and and that's where i have a huge beef with here uh, misleading people and and kind of just twisting facts like uh, you hear this all the time right you're you're allowed to your own opinion but you're not allowed to your own facts and that's so important and that's where my beef lies when it comes to guys like Aaron Rodgers yeah and I think that's you make a really good point there it's like you said he's a, a highly influential uh, personality for his fan especially young kids that are looking up you know especially a quarterback 
all the all the Green Bay fans that are kids are looking up to Aaron Rodgers. And now you're basically telling these kids that if you're successful enough or if you are, you know, good enough at what you do, you can basically do whatever you want, say whatever you want, lie and get away with it and just get back to uh, as if everything were normal. You know, I think even though, like we said, it's a business and at the end of the day, it's all about uh, dollars in the bank. I think you're towing a very dangerous line here. Does it does this change your opinion on Aaron Rodgers and when it comes like I think we can all agree that this guy is a Hall of Famer but but does this make you doubt it a little bit more? I don't think he's he's less of a Hall of Famer because at the end of the day at the end of the day uh, it's all about your production and what what you've done in your career so there's no refuting that like I said he's still one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time but I think in terms of a role model and you know you always have these kind of characters that uh after they retire they're still involved with the league they're still doing a lot of like promotional stuff with the league they're still they still have that influence i think maybe that you won't see that with him because of he's tarnished his name he's also probably tarnished the the nfl's name and uh i think they've gone to a point where they're sick of him and just, I think, was released today saying he was saying that uh, the NFL doctors were were telling him that vaccinated people couldn't spread the virus. And now today, the NFL is saying that Rogers had never even spoken to any NFL doctors. So I think, again, just a blatant lie. So I think the NFL is just done with him. And I think even though he will end up being a Hall of Fame player for what he's done on the field, I think once he retires, I think you will hear his name. Uh, in terms of uh, the NFL and promoting and and that sort of stuff, I agree. I think you can you can see a point for the NFL to kind of blacklist them at the end. Thanks for what you did on the field. Uh, we don't need you to be ambassador for us afterwards. Like you look at some of the greats, right? You look at uh, Joe Montana, Jerry Rice. I'm looking at a Niners perspective, of course, but you look at a lot of guys that have kind of been former greats. Terrell Owens, uh, excuse me, not Terrell Owens, but uh, Randy Moss, and and a lot of those guys that are now working for Fox and ESPN and and. I don't see if anybody really wants to pick up a guy like Aaron Rodgers afterwards for things like that. There probably still will be, uh, but I wonder if some networks will kind of think about that and if the NFL kind of hesitates when it comes to bringing him back into the fold as kind of one of their, their former greats, whenever he, he decides to, to hang him up and move on. One of the one of the the best quotes, I guess, or the best tweets I read about this situation spoke really to something that I thought resonated really well. And it was basically Aaron Rodgers is the product of somebody that surrounds themselves with with only yes people and people that are afraid to tell them they're wrong. And, and, and it's been well advertised and well reported on where Aaron Rodgers doesn't speak to his family now and he's had fights with them and, and, and they don't they're not on speaking terms anymore. And so this is almost like the, the product. And it's a great point that it's the product of basically somebody that just surrounds themselves with people that just want to appease them and say yes to them. And if you don't have anybody to check you and to check your ego at the door and be like, no, what you're doing here is wrong. And and somebody that can speak up to you and, and say that, that's what you end up being is a guy like that who makes excuses for stupid things they do and, and refuses to admit they're wrong or even realize that they're wrong. Yeah. I think, uh, like you said, I think once, once he's done, you won't, I, I, I doubt we'll see him on any broadcast channel. Like Drew Brees retired at the end of last season. He's already got a, a broadcasting job. I don't 
I don't think we're seeing that with Rodgers. Uh, personally, I know you guys both kind of said that even though he do, does have this character flaws uh, and he will end up finding a job elsewhere, I think personally, I don't think it's worth having a guy that brings that much toxicity uh, into my organization. And I'm sure all of this, uh, you know, these distractions, I'm, you know, I'm sure playing with a selfish guy like that, I'm sure he's probably not very like uh, very well liked in the, in his locker room either. So uh, I don't know. I, I yeah, I can't imagine. I think this just personally just I know you guys can obviously tell this just put a really sour taste in my mouth when it comes to Aaron Rodgers and uh, yeah, I I don't even know if I if if I want to talk about this guy anymore. I'm just so tired of <laughs> seeing his name and seeing his face because that's all you see. And I'm the worst part is he's probably enjoying this because he's hearing his name, he's seeing his pictures everywhere. And that just feeds his ego even more. Very, very likely. We wanted to pivot a little bit, and, and I want to talk about my favorite baseball team, my boys in blue, the Toronto Blue Jays. They didn't end up, They, I, you probably saw it, they, they ended up just falling short from making the wild card game. The Yankees and the Red Sox end up playing in that game. Red Sox move on, they go on, they beat the Rays. They have a pretty good run until they beat the Astros. But it, what I what I find mind blowing when it comes to the Jays season, is how do you end up with an AL Cy Young Award finalist who who may end up winning it, in Robbie Ray, and two AL MVP finalists in Vladdy Guerrero and Marcus Simeon, who Simeon's also ended up winning the the Gold Glove at second, and still don't even make the wild card game. Like you get you got two of the best players in the whole American League. You have one of the best pitchers in the American League, and you can't even make the wild card game. So that I think that speaks volume to the the gaps everywhere else. And I mean, you had career years from guys like Grichik, Teoscar Hernandez, Bo Bichette. Those guys were great. Offense wasn't the issue. Pitching was the issue. But it's so it almost feels like a wasted season when you see that that kind of performance and you don't even make the the wild card game like it's not even about the playoffs it's not even going deep in the playoffs it's just you didn't even make it to the wild card game and, and with that good of a team you've really wasted some career years and it's frustrating and and i i don't know the last time i saw something like that where a team had three of the best players in the american league and didn't even make make the playoffs yeah i think that's kind of a byproduct of uh unfortunately playing in i think it's hard to argue uh the toughest division in baseball like you said you've got the yankees you've got the red sox and you've got tampa all playing in the same division three of those teams made the playoffs and then you got toronto that unfortunately was the the last man out so you basically got four you got four teams fighting for three uh, playoffs position or three available playoffs positions because uh, at the end of the day uh, you look kind of look at the other divisions you got maybe you got one kind of clear-cut division leader then you got maybe one that's always in the hunt for the for the wild card but when you when you're playing basically four playoff three other playoff teams in your own division regularly throughout the season obviously that's going to impact your record because you're going up against tougher opposition and uh, I think, unfortunately, that's just kind of the situation that the Jays are in, that they're they're going up against these juggernaut of teams uh, 
more consistently than all the other AL teams because they're not in their division, so they're not playing them as often. So, uh, like you said, I, I do I do agree that uh, you know it's it is tough to see, and you should expect a pl- a team with all these players to make the playoffs. But I think we can also trace this back to, and I remember us talking about this early in the season was all these blown games, especially early in the season, that their bullpen. Their bullpen were blowing games, were blowing huge leads, and uh, at the end of the day, that's that's what did them in. Is they, they didn't have a solid enough bullpen, and they were they were losing games that they should have won early in the season. And you know, usually you think that you know, oh, it's it's only a month in the season. You know, we can we can afford to lose these games, but in this t- this tough of a division and this close of a wild card race. Every game counts, even the f- the first game of the season if you're bowling a lead. So I think that's definitely an area they're going to have to improve for next season is their bullpen because uh, we don't want to keep wasting these these uh, prime years from all these good young prospects. I would have much rather seen the Jays play the Yankees, not the fucking Red Sox. It, it's, and, and I've spoken to you guys about this off off the air. You put up that good of a year. You have Gold Glove winners. You have MVP, uh, MVP candidates. You got a potential Cy Young winner. It, it, if I'm the Blue Jays, as much as I'm impressed by that, I'm also embarrassed because, as you said, those games at the beginning of the year that you take for granted, that you tell yourself, "Oh, you know, we're playing the Orioles in a three-game series. Even if we lose two, whatever, we'll get him back." And then you don't get him back. And then you win 91 games, which in any other division gets you into the playoffs. But because the AL East is tight, you got the Rays, you've got the Yankees, the Red Sox, and the Blue Jays. You've got four serious contenders in the same division. I'm not even going to mention the Orioles. They don't even have, you know, a, a chance in the AL East right now. So impressive to see how well these individuals have done. As a team, though, as you said, the pitching was horrendous. And other than, you know, other than Robbie Ray or, yeah, George kept saying it was Ricky Ray, but that's former CFL quarterback. But uh, Robbie Ray. Former CFL legend. That's right. As much as I'm proud, I'm also embarrassed. And hopefully for, for the Jays, they have a bounce back year and they do get into the wild card because I think the Yankees, you know, will compete for the division. But um, overall, if you're if you're Charlie Montoyo, if you're Ross Atkins, you're just you're shaking your head. It's like, how do we do this, do this well, and still come up short? So hopefully for you guys, the Jays do better next year. I don't hope so, but that's baseball. You know, you just like you never know. I would have never thought the Braves would have won the, you know, they would have won the World Series, but here they are. World Series champs, you know? I just don't want to hear anybody say it's still early. It's still early. Like Mike Wilner, who writes for the Toronto Star, used to work for the for Sportsnet's 590, on Twitter is notorious for getting into beef with fans and whatnot, and he likes to call out people that start panicking early. And he's the king of – it's a three. It's 162-game season. 162-game season is still early. And, and throughout the beginning of the season for the Jays, said you alluded to that, the blown saves – one after the other i you can't tell me anymore that it's still early they ended up missing the wild card by a game 
and they blew probably at least 15 games in the first month alone with that god-awful bullpen. And so, no, it's never too early. Every game counts. It doesn't matter if it's a 162-game season. That team deserved better. And that garbage beginning to that season ruined the whole season, ruined career years. Like, I don't see Marcus Simeon resigning. That guy's going to get paid. Uh, he's going to go elsewhere. He'll probably go to the West. You heard it here first. I think he's going to Seattle. Um, I, Robbie Ray may come back, may not. Let's see if they're going to open up the wallets for him. Uh, Rogers might be too busy fighting amongst their family members to pay Robbie Ray, but we'll see. Because that guy, that guy deserves that cash. What a season he had! I, I also like him. I, if you tell me you can sign one of Simeon or Robbie Ray, I think I like the infield prospects the Jays have. I wouldn't give Marcus Simeon that kind of money. He's thirty-one now. He's he's on the bad side of thirty. Rick, Ricky Ray, Robbie Ray is still twenty-seven. Uh, I think his best years are, are to come in the next few. Uh, I think he's worth every penny, especially the Jays. You need that help in pitching. You need one, two, maybe another third arm, especially that bullpen. I think it's going to help. If you if you end up bringing Kirby Yates back, he missed the whole season to Tommy John, but that might be a big boost. That guy was supposed to be your stud in the bullpen. I like what you have in Jordan Romano. It's not that the, it's over. you got a lot of young pieces, like your best pieces, like Vladdy and Bo Bichette. And um, I think you look at even Guriel and, and Teoscar Hernandez. Like George Springer is here to stay for a few more years. Like you, your core is still intact without Marcus Simeon, but I think you, you deserve a lot better this year. And so it's a little rough. I, one thing I wanted to bring up really quickly here, guys, some people are up in arms that Charlie Montoyo didn't get a nod for AL Manager of the Year. So the finalists were just announced. Scott Service from the Mariners, Dusty Baker from the Astros, and Kevin Cash of the Rays are the finalists. And so I find it kind of interesting because, I mean, the Jays the Jays were 91-game season, 91-game winners this year, had a great season by all, by all stretch of the imagination. It, they, they had to play out of three different home stadiums. They were easily faced with the most adversity of any team in, across the MLB. Still came out with 91 wins. They were a game away from the world, from the from the playoffs. So I think part of that, you know, Charlie Montoyo should get some credit for that. But at the same time, coming back to my point, you got an AL Cy Young finalist, you got two AL MVP finalists, and you didn't make the playoffs. So can you really be manager of the year with that kind of outcome? And I mean, you had some dominant players, and I go back to this all the time when we're having these conversations. When your team is stacked, I don't know if that's necessarily the manager or that's just you have a good team. Like, I, you look at the Rays. Like, the Rays, every year, they got, like, these random guys that nobody can ever name. And they're they're making the World Series final. They're making they're winning the division. So Kevin Cash, to me, does a lot out of a whole lot of nothing. Scott Service, what he did with the Mariners this year was impressive. With some guys that, can you name me one player on the Mariners roster? Because I can't. And so that, to me, I think is where the AL manager really earns that award. So I would agree that Montoya wouldn't be in my finalist, but definitely he needs a, a little bit of some props, but not to the point where I think he's an AL manager of the year. But I'll let you, I'll let you chime in on that real quick there, Seti. Yeah, uh, so you make a good point. Uh, and, you know, it's actually something that we heard Charlie Montoya say over and over again, especially when the bullpen was, uh, was really struggling for that stretch. Is, you know, I can only play i can only do so much with what i have out there right he can only call you know a bullpen the a bullpen pitcher out of the selection that he has so if they're all trash you know you can't blame that on him i think the issue 
or I think he did the best he could with what he had. I think the issue is, you know, at the GM and the the baseball ops uh, positions, and I think they need to step up and do some work in the off season because I think uh, that's where they're lacking. I think they had they didn't pick up the pieces that they needed to 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 help them down the stretch, especially when their bullpen was was struggling. So I think uh, Monto definitely deserves credit. I think he did the best out of what he was given. And I just briefly, uh, before, if we, if we move on, I just want to kind of give a shout out to, uh, Alex Anthopoulos, you know, he built a, basically a dyna- a, sh- a small dynasty in Toronto. Uh, you know, he was the one who built those teams together that went on these deep postseason runs. And then, uh, you know, he obviously goes to Atlanta. We get this shit show of a front office. Um, and now he goes and builds again, a world series winning team. So. I just want to give him a quick shout out. Uh, and I think the work that he did in Toronto was greatly underappreciated. As one of the greatest sports announcers ever would say. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Very nice. Moving on to our last segment here, guys. This one's another new one for this season. We're going to call it Game of the Week. We're very basic. And basically all it is is... What are you looking forward over the next week? What's your game of the week that you're going to be tuned into and that you can't wait to watch? Coach, what, you, what what's your game of the week? It's tough. You know, I, I I was kind of debating between two. You're looking at Colts-Jaguars, an AFC South matchup there. Carson Wentz has been on a roll these last couple of weeks, so I'm uh, I'm hoping he keeps that going, and the Jaguars are, are dog shit. So it, it should be an easy W f- for the Colts. The other game uh, that I'll... I'll actually be attending, um, will be on Sunday. We're looking at uh, Ottawa-Calgary. We're looking at Brady Kachuk versus his brother Matthew. First time he plays his brother as a captain of the Senators. I was actually at the game last weekend when they introduced him for the first time on ice as the captain of the uh, Ottawa Senators. And I, I was really happy. You guys know that I've been saying Brady Kachuk's going to be captain now for a long time. Uh and some people didn't agree. Some people thought it'd be Shabbat, which is, I mean, it's also a good choice in the end, though. Uh, Brady, oh, captain, my captain, and I'm and I'm really fucking really pumped about that. So that should be a good game. Um, so yeah, that's that's about it. Seti, who are the Ravens playing this weekend? Because I know you're not. The Raptors are. I don't know. The Raptors have been kind of iffy, and, and and I know you're. I know you're following the Ravens. So who are they playing this week? Yeah, uh, before I, before I say that, I just want to give a. You mentioned the Jaguars. So I want to give a big shout out to the Jaguars for beating the Bills this week. Uh, this is going to be a, a key loss for the Bills coming uh, towards the end of the season for for who gets the bye right now. The the Ravens are leading the AFC uh, in terms of that. So uh, the Ravens are playing Miami. Uh, so that should be you know a, a pretty a pretty easy win uh, compared to the other teams they've got left in their schedule. Uh, but I think. The team, the game I'm looking most forward to, and uh, it's kind of something I recently picked up uh, this year. I wanted to do kind of a bigger effort is watching college sports, especially in the U.S. Uh, it's a huge, huge thing down there, and so uh, I've been a lot of watch, watching a lot of college football, and kind of picked the the Carolina North Carolina Tar Heels as my team. They had a huge victory last week against the number nine ranked in the country. Wake Forest, they had a really close game against uh, Notre Dame the week before that, and they got another uh, ranked team. I think they're ranked 25th uh, in the country in uh, in Pittsburgh. So uh, looking forward to watch them, watch them play 
and uh yeah it should be a good one they they were able to pull off the huge upset last week and hopefully they could do it again this week george what are you looking forward to this week i am fired up for some more you guys know i'm a big i'm a big football fan and when i say football i mean soccer I'm a big soccer supporter. Canada, Mexico in the World Qualifiers, the World Cup Qualifiers next Tuesday on November 16th. They're playing in Edmonton at Commonwealth Stadium. I'm fired up for that one. It's a late start for me on the East Coast at 9.05 p.m., but this is huge, huge ramifications. It's still early in the qualifying stage, uh, but right now Canada's sitting in third right behind the U.S. and Mexico. And so if they, I think they play Costa Rica this this uh, Thursday and then Mexico next Tuesday, uh, but the Mexico one's going to be huge. Last time they played Mexico, they ended up drawing 1-1, but this time it's in Canada. In November, you got to figure that a lot of these Mexican guys not used to the colder weather that you're going to get in Edmonton in the middle of November, uh, and so I'm giving, I'm giving the nod to my Canadians. we got to make the World Cup. Like, how can, you not, how can we not qualify for the World Cup with the size that we are? So uh, shout out Alfonso Davies and that Canadian team, an Ottawa legend. Uh, Mr. Uh, Jonathan David. Thank you, Jonathan David. Uh, so shout out to the boys in Canada there, uh, hopefully for a big win against Mexico next Tuesday and uh, one step closer to qualifying for the World Cup. That's it for our show today, guys. Uh, once again, season two, we're back. We're better than ever. Lots of exciting stuff coming your way this season. We can't wait to get going with our, our big schedule a lot of new stuff coming, uh, some some guests as well that we're really fired up to introduce in the coming weeks. Don't forget, you can follow us on, on Twitter, at GymClassZeroesPod. Let's get to 30 Twitter followers. Uh, and uh, Instagram, at GymClassZeroesPod. Uh, for producer Segs, Coach, Seti, and of course, Brewmaster Kyle, I'm George. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Let's get down to business here. He took some salts or something. I don't know. He did some smelling salt. That's a W in our book. You're allowed to your own opinion, but you're not allowed to your own fact. Arrogant and scumbag. Not the fucking Red Sox. Absolutely. Absolutely. I guess what I was saying was pretty stupid.